morning, good morning, folks. Oh, there's James, he's on. Good to see you, James. Good to see you, Alison. Oh, thanks, Alison. Thanks for the shout-out. Hope you're uh, glad you enjoyed it. Morning, Ashley. All right, things are warming up here now. Good to see all of you guys. Good morning. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat, 3rd of August. Morning, Jay. I got your message last night, Jay. So, um, yep, we'll be uh, catching up. I'll get on to that. Uh, got a few meetings today, but um, I'll uh, I'll get the team to reach out and book you and I in, Jay. Fantastic. Michelle, good morning to you. Yasmin, a few of the regulars coming back. So, welcome back, regulars. Good to see you. Uh, anyone who's new, uh, a few people jumping on now. So, uh, give us a shout out in the chat if you're new. Let us know where you're from. Jason Witten's my name, if you didn't already know. Been property investing a fair while, over 20 years, and coaching property investors over 18. And uh, each morning, get together with a few crew and have a bit of a chat. Wealth coffee chat, matter of fact. A bit of a coffee, a bit of a chat about a few things. So welcome if that's you. Welcome if you're new. Um, yeah, and if you've got any questions, chuck them in the chat. Alison's got one there. How do you know when it's time to transition from acquisitions to consolidation phase? Good question, Alison. Certainly the idea is around when you have acquired the number of properties that you want to acquire. Um, good morning, Shay, my love. Um, so the idea, if you think about where you might be now, um, and let, let me just quickly maybe redo a reverse engineer on this one um, as we go. Let me see if I can do this for you, Alison, while we're there. Morning, Brendan. Morning. Morning. Um, Alison asked, how do you know when it's time to transition from acquisition to consolidation phase? Well, uh, at the end of the day, Alison, if you have a goal, which might be a passive income goal, often... Uh, that goal will be um, done in a couple of phases. You guys might have seen this before, right? Um, we've got sort of this, the three um, layers, levels of the income goals. Like, you know, um, what do you need to replace your income? So the needs goal, for example, you know, 100K. If I'm on 100K now, can I aim for, is there a, a stop along the way where, my passive income goal is $100,000 of income from my properties. So, you know, you would be seeking uh, $100,000 in rent, okay? So that'd be acquisition activity. Now, um, you might uh, want a little bit more and you might have some dreams about, you know, going every year, having spare 50K to go on holiday and do whatever you want with. Whatever the number is, Alison, we're aiming for or looking to achieve that when it comes to our acquisition stage and the trigger that we have for it to transfer from acquisition into consolidation. So, for example, at a 5% return, that would uh, equal... $2 million worth of real estate. So $2 million worth of real estate uh, over here. And let's say that would be at the moment, you know, let's call it three properties, three to four properties um, in your acquisition process, okay? 
So if we have a look at that, Alison, and we go right another mill, another mill. You're you're aiming for about four million dollars worth of real estate, producing around about a five percent gross at the start. Um, gross outcome. So it'll it'll net down, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and that could easily end be ending up at between five and seven investment properties. Okay, so does that make sense? Um, as I'm explaining it there, Alison, um, give us a shout out if it does. So when you've got that number of properties, and when you sort of you're here and you're going, all right, well, um, you know, first investment property, second investment property, third, you know, then might be fourth, fifth. This might this timeline here might be seven to ten years. Okay, so this uh, this is when you could say, all right, I'm going to now, instead of acquire, I'm going to now debt reduce. I'm going to now um, improve my real estate. At this point, you guys have seen this before. You've probably um, uh, you've probably heard Sam talk about this. You know, you've you got to improve your real estate. If, if it's 10 or 15 years old now, that's part of collecting the money and putting it in the buffer. You've got to freshen that property up. You've got to Probably at that point, um, invest, reinvest maybe another twenty to thirty thousand dollars to 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 fix up that property, and then that's where the rent goes from this number to that number. Okay, it jumps up, especially if that property is in a good area, especially if you do a good renovation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, and this is where we get the sort of the rents going up and and the the cost going down. Uh, as we go here. So hopefully that makes sense, Alison. It, it was just a quick sort of off-the-cuff explanation, but, buddy, it is once you've acquired up the front the number number of or and or rent value of your passive income goal. But over 20 years, 15 to 20 years, your rents will go up. You guys, you guys know this. Um, and your, um, uh, hopefully your, expenses go down, your debts go down, ultimately you might start to debt reduce in one way, shape or form. Like I said last night, the principal place of residence or your self-managed super fund, um, et cetera, and or those properties might end up getting in uh, principal and interest um, payment uh, role anyway. So they'll start to pay themselves off. So um, yeah, there you go. Hopefully that makes sense, Alison. And um, I'm happy to dive in a little bit deeper in that one at another time too, uh, gang. So let me know if um, if that's uh, if that's something you'd like to do. All right, uh, good to see everyone here. We have got a good crew on this morning. Good morning, Nadine, um, joining us this morning. Fantastic. So uh, I thought I got a question the other day. I can't remember who uh, asked me the question in the chat, and somebody said, "Can you talk about uh, NDIS?" NDIS. National Disability Investment Scheme, I, I believe the word stand for, but it has been um, uh, used right now as a way for property investors to build certain styles of properties and get quite a, a high income on those properties, okay? Um, and uh, the idea is great. 
will it work? Is it appropriate for everyone? The answer is um, no, it's not appropriate for everyone. But let me talk you through this type of stuff because here's the four styles of deals out there, property deals, uh, that are most common when it comes to multiple income real estate, multiple income, which means you you have one property that you can get two, three, four, five incomes from uh, in one go. And that sounds amazing and it is actually awesome uh, if you can make it work. However, there's some downsides to the upside. So let, let's talk through that this morning. I thought that would be a good one to have a bit of a chat about dual income, duplexes, rooming houses, and NDIS, which is a government scheme. All right. Um, so let's go through this. So uh, what we're going to do first is we're going to have a look at dual income. Okay. Uh, I had it uh, around the wrong way. I don't know. Is that the, is that the way you spell dual? I, I put an E there before, but I think that was dual as in, you know, with a with a uh, with a sword, folks. Um, let me know in the chat if if I've got the spelling right. But anyway, spelling is not my strength. Um, but uh, I think I got it right. Dual income. So what what is a dual income property? I'm going to draw a bit of a dodgy drawing here. But what happens is you might get a one bedroom property uh, that you can rent out over here. Thanks, Brendan. <laughs> um, and you might build a three bedroom. Uh, or four bedroom over here, but from the road, from the street, it looks like a normal property. Okay, and it is all on one title. Okay, one, uh, one title. Okay, now uh, which is fantastic. Dual income properties, uh, not a bad way to go. Um, this will give you often a full one percent, even maybe. Uh, 1% to 2% uplift in uh, in your rental yield, okay? So if a normal house in this configuration might rent for 5%, then you're likely in the neighborhood of 6 to 7%, which is fantastic. No problems at all. I like the dual income. Matter of fact, I like the, the, the first two, the dual income and the duplex. Um, so um, a tick in the box for me. Some of the challenges for the dual income, probably the only main challenge for the dual income is, uh, let's do a little A, main challenge is sometimes the property managers uh, aren't used to, in that area, managing a property which has got like a little apartment and, and then another property attached to it. So you've got to be just cognizant of the property managers doing you know the right job uh, on a dual income property. Sometimes, be be cognizant, this uh, one bedroom or small two bedroom in, in a housing area might attract uh, a very average tenant. So you've got to have a look at that. Um, so property manager issue, uh, tenant issue. Um, but the one that, um, the one that concerns me the most, gang, is these properties often are um, built in very substandard locations for future growth at at the at the cost of well at the excitement of the rental yield we overlook the long-term growth location because um, 
we think the rental yield will cover up all of the challenges. And that's not true. Um, in the future, you want that property to grow in value. But I do like a good dual income property. My preference is to have them located in very good spots. Um, you know, I wouldn't be building them a million miles from town uh, as we go. But I like a good dual income. and uh, But my favorite is the duplex, uh, the duplex deal. Now, uh, a lot of people get dual income and duplexes confused and they think they're the same thing. No, they are not. And they're not because, team, this this one is one title. You cannot sell them separately. You can't you can't um, split them and sell one and keep one. Okay, there's not that flexibility on a dual income property. It is one title with two dwellings under one roof, um, etc. Now, um, there's lots of zoning and restrictions and planning and all that sort of stuff. Sometimes, too, team. Sometimes these dual income properties, the banks don't particularly enjoy them, okay? So you've got to be careful of the lending. The lending on these, uh, you could be restricted on the lending, okay? So just be cognizant of that. Watch out for cross-collateralization, cross-securitization. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, you need the right broker and the right coach, okay? So um, give us a shout-out if you need need the right broker, right coach, because um, I can tell you, you think you're doing well, uh, you want to buy the next deal after you bought the nice dual income and then you've got no equity left and you're cross-securitized and cross-collateralized by some lazy lender or cheeky lender, boom, it's over. You can't buy another property. So let's make sure we don't get caught in that one. All right, gang. Um, so duplex, duplex deal. Duplex, uh, these drawings are fairly basic. Most of the time, they, they have what's called a common wall, but you've got three bedrooms on this side, three bedrooms on that side. They are on separate titles. So you could, you know, um, you, they, they're completely standalone uh, and you could sell one and keep one, okay? So that's a great, that's a great thing about this. I oh, just watch um, uh, up here on the dual income the cost of the um, the rates, gang. Just just keep an eye on that because some of the councils have been charging seriously over the top rates for dual income um, dual income properties. So separate titles. What's good about these? I like those because you can separate them. You can get an uplift in value um, in a duplex very nicely because you go from one dwelling into two dwellings. Uh, it takes, um, it allows you to have the same rental income uplift as well. So you you certainly would get, you know, often a good full one percent um, uplift on a combination uh, duplex. Um, uh, send us a DM, uh, Brendan. Send us a direct message, mate. Uh, track me down on Facebook. I'll hook you up, buddy. Um, so duplex, good separate title can sell. Um, that property. Sometimes the challenge on these ones is the loan lending, the loan to value ratio. Uh, the lenders will restrict you sometimes at about 80% until they're complete. So um, the challenge would be, you know, to do a decent duplex right now, team, gang, it, no, a good duplex you could probably pick up about 700 grand. 
about 700k um, up to about a million two, right? So 700 to a million two, depending on the location. 700, maybe, you know, um, a little less desirable area, really nice desirable area, you know, million two, million four for a, for a really nice duplex. Um, however, however, um, the lending part of it, let's say you're at 700,000, you know, you've got to put 20% in plus your cost, you know, that's going to um, run you, um, that's going to run you, let's do, let's do the exact number, 700,000 times 0.25 is 175K. So you think, all right, I'll get into that deal, but, you know, you've got to put in a lot of cash up front to do a deal like a duplex, okay? Depending on your lending, uh, of course. However, standalone, which I prefer them to be, uh, that's what it looks like. Again, two incomes, uh, separate titles. Uh, probably my favorite out of the bunch of these ones, which would be duplex, dual income, rooming, houses, and NDIS um, as we go along, okay? So hopefully this is making sense, giving a bit of a bit of an overview I'll quickly, I'll, I'll jump down the bottom here. All right, let's have a quick look at uh, rooming houses. Uh, rooming, number three. Uh, this one, for most property investors, especially if, you've, uh, if you're in the early stages of your acquisition, for me is a big no-no. Um, for most property investors, no is the answer. Do not do rooming houses. The challenge becomes... These are very specialized pieces of real estate. And what it means is you build a big house and you might build, you know, it's a bad, it's a bad uh, drawing, but you might have six small little uh, self-contained uh, rooms inside one house, wherever it's located, and you rent them all out separately, like rooming house or boarding house, um, for me, that is not a passive investment scheme. That is an active investment scheme. Uh, the the problems are the banks don't like them and you'll potentially end up with commercial lending, commercial lending, or they'll cross-collateralize your house to the buggerio and you'll never buy another proper investment property, gang. So don't do it, I'm telling you, right now, unless you are a sophisticated investor, advanced and quite a lot of income and you specialize in stuff like this, this is not... Um, 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 not a, um, there you go. Yep. So, uh, Sineth was talking about, look, this is, um, uh, yeah, the insurance providers don't like them. Nobody likes them gang. Right. And so it, it's irrelevant, you know, how good the, some of these things look on paper. If you're pushing shit uphill with a sharp stick, as the saying goes, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard work. Um, and, um, you know, the banks don't like them. The insurers don't like them. The property managers don't like them. You know, um, yeah. In my in my world, team, gang, I wouldn't do it. It's not for the faint-hearted. There are some people who make it work. Um, but for you, for most people I have, I have coached, uh, the fire, fire department doesn't like them either. And the, the councils don't like them. Team, they are... The big no. I'm just going to put no in there, right? <laughs> For the interest of our conversation this morning. Um, all right, number four, NDIS, which is which is um, 
basically you build a house, a regular house, and you build it with certain uh, certain levels of finishes. You know, the ability to have a wheelchair in the kitchen so it can roll underneath the kitchen bench, uh, certain reinforcement in the bathrooms, certain handles and cupboards at certain sizes, um, the hallway a little bit wider. There's there's certain things in an NDIS property. Um, it's a special, um, uh, it's a special build. Now it's not um, now it's that not that much more expensive than a regular build. Maybe thirty to fifty thousand dollars, depending on where you are. Um, but again, the NDIS. Um, is only allowed in certain locations. Uh, it will cost more, so um, it has more cost. Number two, uh, loan-to-value ratio and the lenders, the banks, again, they don't like them. Standalone, that is. Like, you know, some of you guys might be listening in, anyone listening in, and you go, oh, no, I, I got a loan on my NDIS, no problems. Uh, well, I can literally guarantee that you did not get a standalone loan without one or many of your properties being cross-collateralized or your other assets being taken as security, which is the, a big absolute no-no. So the banks don't like them. Uh, you have to put more money in and um, and uh, they are specialized, uh, specialized in uh, property management. You have to work with a provider and so on. Now, we have done a number of these with some advanced clients and um, they've worked out pretty fine. But they are not for the faint-hearted and they certainly are not for, um, team, they're not for someone who wants um, a little bit more, a little bit less hands-on um, and, um, you know, passive uh, investment process when it comes to building their portfolio, okay? So um, um, NDIS, it's... I mean, I give it sort of a half a tick, um, but again, it's not uh, certainly certainly. If we go through this, rooming houses is a big no. I, I just say no. It's just a nightmare waiting to happen. Steer clear of them. Um, uh, dual income and duplex certainly worth doing um, at the right time in your portfolio. For me, I wouldn't be doing them at the start, the first type of deal um, as you're rolling along. Um. And then NDIS, probably if you wanted to do an NDIS deal, I wouldn't be doing it in the first three to five of my properties building my portfolio. It might be a high cash flow deal at the end when you know, you've know you got enough equity to put more equity in and it not matter, okay? You, you've done your acquisition. It's one or two left to, to buy, et cetera, et cetera. So, all right, gang. Well, um, I think I've been rabbiting on for a, quite a while this morning. Um, <laughs> uh so it was a bit of a long one, but uh, hopefully that made sense, team, um, uh, as we go. Wealth Coffee Chat, done and dusted. Uh, duplex for the win. Yeah, that's my pick, Brendan. Um, duplex is my fave uh, for all sorts of good reasons. And then probably I'd do dual income after that. That's probably sort of duplex dual income uh, if you were there. But again, team gang, you know, connect with your coach. Uh, and make sure you weave it into your strategy um, uh, as you go along, Andrew. Mate, um, yeah, it does. It does. Uh, it, there's, there's some warts on them, um, as you might already appreciate. But um, 
it's not end, it's not the end of the world, Andrew, but certainly uh, you're certainly going to make sure you leave enough gas in the tank, Andrew, to do the next deal and the next deal and the next deal. So um, as we're rolling along, give us a shout out if you need some help, mate. Um, always can uh, give you some support if you get stuck. All right, gang, that's it from me. I'm done. I'm dusted. Um, Wealth Coffee Chat, over and out. 3rd of August, you guys be awesome and well. Stay safe wherever you are in these uh, rather interesting times. And uh, join me tomorrow for another another Wealth Coffee Chat around about 8 o'clock. Until then, take care. Bye for now. Oh, that's good, Andrew. Thanks, mate. Carolyn's awesome. She'll take care of you.